It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hawkeye Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs with you here on a glorious Saturday evening in the Hawkeye State. A 27-17 win over the Cyclones of Iowa State. The number 10 team in the country takes out the number 9 team in the country on the road in uh, what was just a, a great, another great defensive performance from this Hawkeye team from Phil Parker from D-Back University. Uh, put another quarterback out of the game, not because of injury but because of poor play or inability to do much was surprised that Matt Campbell seemed to kind of throw in the white flag late in the game and and, you know Iowa State ultimately came back and tried to make a game of it but they didn't have their starters in for some of that time and uh, I guess you could argue that Hunter Deckers made a pass that Brock Purdy maybe couldn't have made after the first three quarters of that game wow what a game. Did not expect it to go like that. Very, very excited here. Uh, Andrew Downs with you. I don't know if I said my name, but I'm excited, man. I uh, I was I was hopeful for an outcome like this. I didn't expect it. I thought it was going to be a lot more nail-biting, uh, but honestly, it kind of went the way I thought it might go as far as the difference makers of the game. Uh I thought, and I've said, I said it on this podcast, I said it on several radio shows uh, over the last week that I thought the difference in this game, I had, I had picked Iowa twenty to thirteen, and I thought the difference was going to be kind of the intangible things like discipline and execution, right, and uh, turnovers, you know, taking care of the ball. I know some of those things aren't intangible, and it kind of is this. This thing in the ether that you have trouble grasping, but you know what I'm talking about. It's coaching is what it comes down to. Uh, I put out a tweet on the Hawkeye Nation account that Matt Campbell's a great coach. He truly is. I believe that. He's building a good program at Iowa State, and if he stays there, they will have a lot of success, or he will have success wherever he goes. But for five games in a row now, he has been outcoached by Kirk Ferentz. And what do I mean when I say that? I don't mean Ferentz has necessarily out-schemed Matt Campbell done anything that Campbell wasn't expecting or anything like that but when you talk about execution discipline uh just not you know not making mistakes mental preparedness for games like this that's coaching it does come down to coaching and and that's where Kirk Ferentz had the edge that's where Iowa had the edge and that's why the Hawkeyes uh reside in the Hawkeye State once again with a 10 point win over Iowa State uh, if you hear some screaming in the background have no fear it's just my kids upstairs running around excited that the Hawkeyes have won we have my nephew Hayden over here uh you know well-named nephew Hayden and uh, just just a great day in the state of Iowa, right? I mean, it started with game day in Ames, and how cool did that look? How great of a showcase that is for this game, for this rivalry, for this series. Uh, I thought that was a lot of fun. Cool to have Ashton Kutcher there as a Hawkeye fan to, to celebrate. I uh, I thought it was cool that Lee Corso threw a little shot at the Cyclone fans. You know, they brought up the Cyhawk trophy, and... 
He said, you know, I just wanted to bring this out for Iowa State fans. They haven't seen it in a while. Well, they're not going to see it for another year uh, as the Hawkeyes again uh, prevail in the Cyhawk game. I, I put out a tweet asking somebody to uh, give me the, it's been this many days since Iowa State has beaten Iowa in anything important. I shouldn't say important. In anything that, that we all really pay attention to, that'd be football, men's basketball, women's basketball, and wrestling. I think it was December. It was something like 1,100 days. Uh, so he had a couple hundred more to that. And uh, I guess it'll be another month or two before Iowa and Iowa State probably three months I guess before Iowa and Iowa State play in basketball so he'll extend that streak uh, just a little bit here in the next few months if you can't tell I'm giddy man I'm excited that was a, a hell of a game and again you hang it all on the defense Iowa has an elite defense, a Big Ten champion caliber defense and Big Ten champion caliber special teams can the offense catch up that's that's going to be the question. It's going to be what we talk about here moving forward because um, while it's fun to, to kick the crap at a ranked team, top 10 games on the road, and while Iowa is about to jump into the national conversation in a way that I don't think many of us expected two weeks into the season because they have now probably put together the best resume in the country of college football with these two wins. Um, so now you you start to kind of poke holes and say okay what's the thing that's going to stop us from getting there what's the the thing that that's going to trip us up here as we move forward in this schedule and obviously that's the offense uh spencer petrus while he looked fine on some drives and even good on some drives and that throw to charlie jones in the end zone was on the money and it was great he really got some confidence there for a little while in the second quarter and led uh, two two touchdown drives that was great to see He still had a shaky day, still had a rocky day, still had some questionable things. What didn't he do? He didn't turn the ball over. And I said after the Indiana game, and I believe this, that Iowa has won a lot of games with great defense, good running game, really good special teams, disciplined teams, and a decent quarterback who just kind of game manages and doesn't lose the game. Can Iowa win a Big Ten with that? We may find out this year because I, I do think, as I said, the rest of this team is that good. Uh, can Spencer Petrus and this offense really kind of find a way to get it going? Can, can Tyler Goodson find a way to get it going? I mean, he had that big run in the first drive against Indiana, and since then just hasn't had a lot of production. Now, this Iowa State defense is very, very good, and we'll see that moving forward. So, you know, it's you don't take a lot of... Uh, you know, you don't say that Tyler Goodson isn't good or anything like that, you know, based on this. But 21 carries, 55 yards. He did have the one touchdown and did find some more running room later in the game. Uh, but yeah, the offensive line had trouble making holes for him, and, and he had trouble kind of making guys miss. But again, this was a, a very, very good Iowa State defense, um, and so I, I'm not real worried about that either. Spencer Petrus, 11 for 21 for 100 yards and one touchdown. Again, that touchdown throw was was great. And, you know, standing in there and making that throw to Laporta uh, on a third down was was money. I He's never lacked for toughness. Spencer Petrus hasn't. And it's clear he's a leader on this team and in that locker room. And I think that's why you're going to see him as the starting quarterback almost no matter what. But he's got his limitations and it doesn't seem like he's progressed that far from a year ago now that being said they won six in a row a year ago they've extended that streak to eight in a row and seven of those against big 10 teams and the last two against ranked teams so are you nitpicking by asking can spencer petrus get much better i mean i guess if iowa keeps winning it doesn't really matter 
We'll see if that happens. Uh, Ivory Kelly Martin looked good on his handful of carries. He had uh, 28 yards. Uh, Monty Potabom with a couple of uh, carries and really tried to get him a touchdown there at one point, which uh, which would have been great. Charlie Jones, it was almost the Charlie Jones game because he had a couple of really big punt returns that were squandered by the offense and, and by Spencer Petrus's inability to throw the ball away or, I guess, um, you know, he, he took too many sacks. I think there were three times on third down in field goal range where he took a sack. One of those, it knocked Iowa back far enough to miss the field goal. One of those, it knocked Iowa completely out of field goal range to where they punted. And then one of those resulted in a 51-yard field goal from uh, Caleb Shudak. But, and I, and I think maybe the one they punted, I'm trying to remember if I got this one right, was that, did that lead to the Hall fumble and the Jack Campbell scoop and score? I don't remember. I'll have to look up the the play-by-play at some point here to see if if I am putting that together. But either way, you you can't take those sacks. You have to make. You have to throw the ball out of bounds. You have to get rid of it. Um, a bunch of guys with with catches. Nobody with more than two. Charlie Jones and Tyrone Tracy each had two catches. Uh, Laporta, Lachey, Ritter, Ivory, Kelly, Martin, and Regani all with catches. Uh, again, no fumbles, no interceptions, but two, uh, three picks rather for this defense. Six interceptions in eight quarters of play for this defense. Uh, it was Riley Moss last week and uh, and Dane Belton. This week it's Matt Hankins and Seth Benson. Matt Hank is a couple of nice picks. Though the one in the the first quarter or earlier in the game, maybe it was the second quarter, but um, Purdy just underthrew the guy deep down in the middle of the field, and Hankins got away with a little bit of a hole, but he jumped up and made a hell of a catch there, and then jumped on that ball, uh, the the tip ball at the line, and took it took it down the field, and I think that led to a field goal for the Hawkeyes. Twenty of Iowa's twenty seven points came off of turnovers. So a lot of the talk this last week was, well, you're not going to get two pick sixes every game, so you can't rely on things like that to happen. So we don't really know how good this team is. Well, if you get multiple picks a game, if if you get a scoop and score fumble, you're doing okay. Maybe you can do it every game. Uh, And again, if you're beating ranked teams by double digits every week, it's not going to really matter how you get that done. Uh, Charlie Jones, four punt returns for 64 yards, two kick returns for 44 yards. He's already my Charlie's favorite Hawkeye, uh, which I love. I'm going to have to find a a number 16 jersey somewhere uh, so Charlie can rock that the rest of the season. Torrey Taylor. What can you say about Torrey Taylor? 409 yards in punting on eight punts. 409 yards five of the eight punts were down inside the 20 a 69 yard punt long and that would have gone even further had Iowa not uh, thought that maybe Iowa State had touched that ball and, and it was a fumble rather than downing a punt that uh, what a mistake by Iowa State to not field that punt at midfield and um that yeah, Iowa State again. Iowa State was not disciplined. They did not have this, the special teams. They did have the special teams blunders. They did turn the ball over. Iowa State in the last four games is minus nine in turnovers to the Hawkeyes. That's been the difference in these games. Um, and it's again that's that's part of coaching. I, I do I do lump that into into coaching. Um, just an all around great day. A great win for the Hawkeyes and. Uh, We'll look at some of the stats, the team stats, and uh, and kind of what this means for the Hawkeyes as we move forward here on the Instant Reaction Podcast. All 
right, so I'm going through the play-by-play here on the uh, the ESPN app, and I was just wanted to look at where Iowa State started their drives because we've talked about it a lot, the special teams and the ability for Torrey Taylor and that punting unit to flip field position is key, has been key, and will continue to be key as Iowa moves forward in this season, especially if the offense doesn't become dynamic, but you have an elite special teams. Uh, quality special teams. These are things that that really uh, will will come into play. Iowa State's first drive started on their eight yard line after a great punt. Their second drive started on their six yard line after a great punt. They got the ball at the thirty two uh, after a missed Hawkeye field goal, and they drove down and scored a field goal to take a three nothing lead in that game. They got the ball on their own ten. And that was when Purdy threw that interception to Hankins in the middle of the field. That led to Iowa's first touchdown and a 7-3 lead, a lead that they would not uh, give up the rest of the game. Iowa State got its ball on its own. Oh, it was a touchback uh, after after the kickoff, so they started on the 25 there. And then they started on their 25 after the Hawkeye touchdown at the end of the first half and had that big play. The one big play Iowa gave up all day was that 49-yard pass from Purdy to Wilson uh, with 12 seconds left in the first half to get Iowa State down to the 5-yard line or the 4-yard line, and they were able to punch that in for a field goal. Really took a lot of momentum as Iowa had gone up 14-3 to at halftime and really felt like they were going to um, – not not run away with it because Iowa State's defense, uh, I mean, 13 points given up in the second half is the most they've given up in quite a while in the second half. I mean, John Heacock and that defense have really put on a clinic of, of adjusting at halftime. And so I thought getting that touchdown with a few with a, a minute left for Iowa was huge because you needed to get as many points as you could in the first half. And then giving up that touchdown with one minute left, I thought was uh, not a killer, not a backbreaker, but certainly a momentum shifter and a, a troubling thing uh, for Iowa. Ultimately, was not that, but Iowa went to halftime with a four-point lead. Uh, just kind of going again through these drives to see where Iowa State started because I think that was a big part of this game. Um, you know, Iowa kicks off in the start of the second half, so that's a touchback, uh, another touchback of a punt, and then that's when Iowa punts down to the six. Is that when, yeah, P- Petrus got sacked there at the 41 back you know lost 11 yards on that sack and Tory Taylor downs it to the 6 and the very next play is a uh, Brees Hall I I he I was going to say a Brees Hall fumble or, or dropping the ball or something like that. He didn't drop the ball. That ball was taken from him by Justin Jacobs. And what a play by that young man. What a play in the first quarter to break up a pass, a, a big third down completion for the Cyclones. Uh, Justin Jacobs is doing the things that we all expected of him when he when he was recruited and when he arrived on campus. And it's fun to watch and it's going to continue to be fun to watch. I think he's got a chance to uh, really have a big national coming out party this season if he plays the way he did. Getting off that block and forcing that fumble was huge and then Jack Campbell with the scoop and score and that really felt like uh, that put the game away I mean there was still five minutes left in the third quarter but to have a uh, an 11 point lead and a defense that was just uh, hounding Brock Purdy really getting into his head it, it looked like Michael Penix Jr. out there again right I mean you saw a quarterback uh, in the headlights not know what to do you you saw that very quickly then after that scoop and score the second play for Iowa State was an interception uh, to Seth Benson then Iowa gets a field goal off of that goes to a 14 point lead the next drive Iowa State started to move the ball a little bit 
and then it was an interception to Matt Hankins, and I believe that was the last we saw Brock Purdy, and probably the last I need to go through the uh, the play by play here because at that point it was over, uh, and really Iowa State kind of threw in the towel at that point, pulling Brock Purdy, and it wasn't until there were three minutes left in the game, three and a half minutes, that um, Hunter Deckers was able to lead Iowa State down to a, a touchdown, got close on a uh, an onside kick, forced Iowa into a three and out. Drove down into field goal range, missed the field goal, and that's the end of the game for the Hawkeyes. Uh, Something you're not going to see a whole lot. Iowa had 173 total yards. Barely more than half of what Iowa State had at 339. And yet the Hawkeyes dominated this game. Iowa had 11 first first downs. I mean, this is these are not these are not good numbers. 106 yards passing, 67 yards rushing. Iowa doesn't win a lot when they don't rush for 100 yards. On the other side, I would say had 252 yards passing, 87 yards rushing, which is less than they would have liked, I'm sure. But um, ultimately, Iowa had more penalties. But you look at the turnovers. That's the huge. That's the whole. That's the that's the ball game. Four turnovers to none. Iowa took care of the ball. Iowa State didn't. I was able to flip field position regularly with Tory Taylor. Iowa State wasn't because their punter is not as good, and because Charlie Jones is good. And uh, that's that's the game. It's the flipping field position. It's the taking the ball away. And um, even though your offense didn't do much, it didn't have to do much. All right, I want to quickly look ahead at the schedule before we uh, talk about kind of what this game means and uh, what actually happened today. So you have Kent State this weekend at home. You have Colorado State the following week at home. You're at Maryland Friday night, October 1st. I think you can feel fairly comfortable about winning those three games. You're looking at a 5-0 and team hosting Penn State, who had a nice win today and looks good, hosting Penn State on uh, – on October 9th. We've seen a lot of big games against good Penn State teams at Kinnick Stadium, uh, and they've gone gone both ways. More recently, they've gone Penn State's way. Uh, that's going to be a real, real, real big spot for the Hawkeyes. Iowa, with Ohio State's loss, especially today to Oregon, uh, is in the driver's seat to win a Big Ten championship. I don't think that's ridiculous to say. I think they're clearly the favorite to win the Big Ten West, and I don't see any. I didn't see anything out of Ohio State today uh, that made me fear them. I was going to have to get their offense to be a little more dynamic. They're going to have to figure this thing out. Maybe Petrus will figure it out. He got progressively better last season, even though he had some step backs here and there in games, the Illinois first half, things like that. But if he can get a little bit better, a little more confident, it really feels like it's all confidence for him. It feels like if he feels good, if he's in rhythm, uh, if he's if he's feeling himself, he throws pretty balls. He leads that offense well, and, and they, they can move the ball and do some good things. If he's not feeling that, if he gets rattled, if he's shaken, if he has to, uh, if he gets sacked or has to roll out of the pocket and throw the ball away, it really seems to shake his confidence. And so uh, maybe winning a couple of games here, maybe figuring some things out here in the, the rest of the non-conference schedule before you get into the Big Ten, maybe that's what's best for this team. Here's the thing, guys. Like, So my, my favorite thing about this, this win – and I'm not a huge Iowa State hater. I play it up a lot during the Cyhawk game or the Cyhawk week. Uh, I like beating Iowa State. I enjoy this rivalry. I enjoy winning this rivalry. I hate losing this rivalry. So uh, don't get me wrong. I, I'm glad we won and all of that. Uh, but there, there's a little more sauce to it this year, isn't there? There's a little bit more uh, swagger here. I, I feel a little 
I feel a little bit better about this one and it's for a lot of reasons but the biggest one the, the best way I can kind of put my finger on this and I talked about this a little bit hoping it would happen and now that it has happened and it's happened pretty decisively um, I think it's going to be fun over these next few weeks if you're a, a Hawkeye fan for eight months more than that for, but uh, you know for eight, nine months now we'll say I guess eight months since the end of the last college football season us here in Iowa, certainly us here in Des Moines, uh, have heard and talked and I think legitimately talked about how good Iowa State has been. And Iowa and Kirk Ferentz knew they had a pretty good team over there, and I think they were just fine with letting all the hype and all the attention and the bright light be on Iowa State for a little while. And that's what happened. For eight months, we talked about Iowa State as a top 10 team as maybe a favorite to return to the conference championship game as a contender for the college football playoff. Now that's Iowa. Iowa has taken all of those things from Iowa State in a matter of two weeks with a beatdown of Indiana and now a beatdown of the Cyclones. Not nearly as decisive of a beatdown, but let's let's not kid ourselves. Iowa beat Iowa State soundly today. And that was a good Iowa State team that had a lot of national attention, a lot of national love, and a top 10 ranking. How good is Iowa State? I think they're good, and I think we'll find that out as they move forward. Maybe maybe they'll fall flat on their face like Iowa has done several times with big expectations coming into a season. They didn't look good against UNI and didn't look good again today. But Iowa now has the best resume in college football. And Iowa will now have a top I mean, Kirk Herbstreit said at the end of that broadcast, he thinks they're a top four, top five AP team this week. They're going to win three more games now, most likely, hopefully, uh, before playing in their next kind of major game. So what other teams are going to fall in front of them? How high is Iowa going to be ranked October 9th when Penn State comes to town? The national talk about this team is about to elevate a lot. Iowa usurped Iowa State today, and that's fun. That's great. That's like a double whammy, man. Not only did we beat you, we took your space. We took your place. We just punked. And yes, pun intended, Ashton Kutcher, we just punked the best cycling team in history on their own field. Damn, that feels good. Damn, that feels good. Ugh. You know, all week I've been pretty comfortable about this game. I've, I've been quietly confident, uh, but also just kind of understanding that, hey, we all talked about going one and one in these first two games, and we already got the one. So the pressure was on Iowa State, and Iowa didn't have a lot to lose in this game, but they did have a lot to gain, and now they've gained it. And here we are. And buckle up, man. Because I don't know how many of us expected a season like this, let alone September 11th, to be feeling this way about this team. I mean, these are the kind of uh, conversations that Iowa sometimes enters in November when they've, uh, you know, run to an 8-1 and one record and, and really kind of hit their stride. An unbeaten Iowa team now with two ranked wins and a road top 10 win in a rivalry game where College Game Day was there and Reese Davis and Kirk Herbstreet. I mean, it's all of the things. It's all of the things. You've got six straight against the Cyclones, six straight against the Gophers, six straight against Nebraska. You've beaten Wisconsin. All the trophies are home. All the trophies are home. There's still some big trophies to go get. I don't think this is a national championship caliber team. I do think it could be a Big Ten championship caliber team. And man, wouldn't that be fun. 
Man, wouldn't that give us all a fall to remember, huh? Awesome. Good, good, good stuff here, guys. Enjoy this. Celebrate it. In heaven, there is no beer, so let's drink some here. I appreciate you listening. We're going to have this entire thing covered uh, from tip to tail on HawkeyeNation.com. Rob Howe, John Bonencamp, Trent Condon now in the uh, in the mix for things, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And we got some other fun things uh, coming as we move forward here. But right now, I'm going to go enjoy this. I hope you do the same. Thank you so much for listening, and go Hawks!